You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, there's the music. That means it's time for Animal Talk. Some of the best doggone pet people on the planet here to help you with your pets. That's what we're here to do. Some of the best doggone pet people on the planet, like the cat sitting across from me. Hi, my name is Brian Donovan, and the best adjective to describe me is disheveled. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm comfortable with that. All right, we're running. I, I'm trying to run 10 things at once here. You're disheveled as well. I am. We got a ton of stuff on the show today. We have two guests. Cats, bears, and scratching. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) So we have two different guests coming up on the show today. First up, Cynthia Gary. She's going to scratch that itch that you've been talking about there, Brian. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It wasn't about our conversation right before the show. No, 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 no. Scratching all. It's uh, scratching all products. Uh, And Cynthia Gary is uh, the inventor and the mind behind it. We're going to talk to her. And uh, she's got so she wants to plug this stuff, and she wants to she wants to and she wants to hit all the major outlets. She wants to be on Oprah. She wants to be on Ellen. Is Oprah still a thing? <laughs> I don't know. She wants to be on Ellen. She wants to be on Rachel Ray. But she figured, hey, her first stop better be Animal Talk. Animal Talk. <laughs> We're the gateway drug. We are the uh, the gatekeeper to bigger and better things. <laughs> I think so. I oh. just uh, I just want to make sure we're not too loud. Man, now here. that moniker I'm not happy with. I'm not comfortable with the, ga- the gatekeeper to bigger and better things. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we could. It's be. not a good thing, is it? So, but then uh, then coming up after that, uh, there's some new legislation being proposed by John Kennedy. I thought he was dead. Yeah, it's a different John Kennedy. A different one. Oh, there's okay. a not related. Okay. Not a not a. Uh, but there's some legislation being uh, proposed about bears. Uh, and there's a political action group, uh, Animal Welfare Group, and now the name's not in front of me. It's the Animal Welfare... Uh, Animal Wellness... Animal Wellness. Animal Wellness Action. Action Group. Yes, and uh, we're going to talk to Wayne Pacelli um, about the uh, the legislation that's coming out and uh, what the animal uh, wellness folks are up to and doing. They're, they are on so much stuff, and, and Wayne himself has quite the storied history with uh, animals and, and doing just eggs and the sea world and he's he's had his hands in a, in a, in a lot of stuff and he's a two-time best-selling author yeah New York Times bestseller list so it, we are we are we are stacked well his whole career has been about animal welfare and, and protection. yeah he's really dedicated to it yeah. so we're really excited uh, to have Wayne on and then we'll have Cynthia right before that but uh, how have you been Brian what's uh, new and groovy in your world man I've been uh I, it seems like I've been traveling a lot, yeah. But it's been like you know, really short trips. I really haven't haven't decompressed a whole lot, but I no. have been moving a lot. I have been uh, I have been on the move quite a bit. Got yeah, lots yeah. of projects going on, yeah, new yeah. stuff all the time. We have some new stickers on our windows here. Windows on the windows. This here looks like a very uh, professional operation. That's it. Podcast Detroit in Northville. Yeah. Uh, our studios here, and they, yeah, we got some uh, some vinyl stickers on the windows finally, and uh, the others, some microphones in the other in the the 
studio with the couches in it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's coming together. We have a lot of new shows running. Um, So what's the rationale behind a studio with futons? (laughs) Beanbag chairs? Yeah. You get that squishy feel. Yeah. (laughs) It's comfortable. It's just great big uh, cable spools for tables. (laughs) Isn't that like a college thing from the 80s? That is. That is. It's it's a look. It's a a look we're going for. (laughs) Yeah. It's a retro something. (laughs) it, It is... It is something else for sure. But uh, we answer pet questions. We like to help people with their pets. We're going to be talking about cats. If we can swing some conversation, I do want to – there's like I got a whole cluster, a whole colony of cat stories for you because cats, they go in colonies. But we'd like to help people with their pets. And looking at a breed profile, we can, we're going to do this real quick and then we're going to go over and we're going to talk to Cynthia about the scratch and all. But I have a question. Dear Animal Talk, I have – a Rottweiler mixed with a pit bull. What are the pros and cons of this breed in a household? Hmm. So a pit Rottweiler mix. Well, two very uh, two dogs that uh, kind of get a bum rap, right? Rots. They are dogs that get a, a bum rap because there are no bad dogs. Well, well, there are there are some really you know, but it's like <laughs> you know, as well as a trainer, and yeah. you, and when you were a trainer, that was one of your specialities. Was like, oh, I, I'm going to put on the big furry, the big the big padded suit, and let your dog yeah, yeah. beat me up. And you did that 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 testing to, and that there there are they're very very few and far between, but there are bad dogs. Generally, the bad behavior is is taught or yeah. or learned or or trained incorrectly. That can be trained out of a dog. But I mean, there's never you know you. Never say never. There are no bad dogs. Right. That, would, that would be an untruth. But uh, they're few and far between. But these guys, Rottweilers and pit bulls, get a get a get a bad rap. So what what could somebody look for bringing a, a mix of a rot and a pit into their home? Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing with uh, with dog. You know, dogs have their own language. Yeah. Right. And um, when you have a dog, if you're kind of tone deaf to that language, mm. you can make some pretty significant mistakes and not read <laughs> the body language. It's, you know, it's, it's like somebody who can't read your body language, maybe like a close talker that doesn't pick up the, the, the hint that you, you don't want them you know, so close to you. So uh, a lot of people are like this with dogs. They're very tone deaf. They don't read the body language. They can't understand it. And that's where the majority of of aggressive issues happen is when uh, people aren't aren't reading that body language correctly, right? So we bring these dogs into our home. The dogs have the language. We we really you know have to uh, sometimes take great pains to understand that body language and what what uh, you know dogs are trying to communicate. Yeah. Now that said, um, okay, you have Rottweilers. Rottweilers are big, brave dogs. Uh, as a rule, they're very uh, um, they're they're loyal. They're protective. They're stable, and um, you know they have a long lineage of just you know doing very courageous things and working very closely with their their yeah. their human family, right? Um, pit bulls the same way. Mm-hmm. Here's where the, the the problem is: all dogs can bite. Yeah. Right now, if you get bit by you know your grandmother's Shih Tzu, it's probably not going to be as much of an issue as if you get pit, bit by a pit bull or a Rottweiler. The mistakes are big mistakes. The, the mistakes are much bigger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the problem. Right. You know, um, you know, you talk to people who 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 work with horses. Mm-hmm. You know, I think horses are big, dangerous animals. <laughs> Scary. But, <laughs> but um, you know, but yeah. uh, the thing is, if you if you understand their language, right. Um, you can probably work around them pretty safely. Yeah. And not have have any worries. See, and, and that's where, um. 
you know, I, I, I wouldn't be caught working with horses because I don't understand the nature of that particular beast. So um, uh, it's always good to, you know, um, if you have some background where the dog came from, maybe the, the mother and the father, you know, if you can kind of vouch for their behaviors. But uh, by and large, you know, if you train the dog correctly and, uh, you know, you, uh, you, you desensitize the dog and socialize them real well, mm-hmm. you're going to have a good shot. I mean, dogs are incredibly... You know, um, you know, they they give a wide berth to behavior that they don't understand from people, and they they usually, as a rule, you know, you know. In fact, most dogs you have to teach them how to bite properly. Right. You know, dogs will always bite, and you know, as a defensive thing, you know, or you know, and they'll they'll bite and let go. It's it's a it's a signal to. Um, you know, to, that that you're bothering me, right? Or there's something wrong with our our relationship, right? But when we train dogs, you know, for attack work and and such, mm. usually have to teach them to to bite and and hold. So, you know, um, so you, you there's really not a lot to worry about except for the fact that you know uh, they are big dogs, they are big animals, and if you have small children, big dogs and small children, children uh, oftentimes will make mistakes and miscommunicate with dogs and not uh, read a dog's body language properly, and that's where you know issues. Uh, can happen. But as a rule, both of those breeds are good with kids, they're good with families. All right. As a rule. All right. So we're going to go to our first guest now. Okay. Um, and we're going to try, we're going to bring, I'm 90% sure we're going to bring Cynthia in. This, how this works is uh, we're talking into the speaker here, but we should hear her through our headphones. So if you want to lean forward, right? Okay. So yeah. just, uh, we'll see how it works. Okay. And uh, we're going with it. <laughs> Come on. Now call. It's supposed to be calling. Call. Hit the green button, Jamie. I'm trying. Hit the green button. There it is. But don't cut the green wire. Don't cut the green wire. That's what we're told. That looks pretty good. Hello, this is Cynthia. Cynthia, hey, it's Jamie from Animal Talk. Hi, how are you boys doing tonight? Well, I'm here with Brian. We are doing we are doing well, and uh, you can hear us, okay? I'm good to go. Excellent. We are we are live. Uh, I just we're I'm just we're just hammering out. We actually some new podcast studios that we built, and we're just working out uh, some of the bugs. And uh, so we're bugging you. Um, super excited to hear about uh, the scratch and all products. And I'm telling you, you sent us a, a couple of pieces, and uh, the one that's made for a horse. Uh, I was scratching my cat last night, and he was losing his mind. So, <laughs> Cynthia, tell us tell us a little bit about you before we get into uh, the scratch and all. What's your story, Cynthia? Well, I'm an old lady. I'm a senior <clears throat> entrepreneur, so I can tell you guys, if I did it, anybody can do it. Um, all my life, I've loved animals, and I knew if I ever did anything for myself, it would always have to be for animals. And so... Um, you're probably going to ask how I got this idea. One day I was out in my barn just kind of watching my horse. He walked into the barnyard and he started scratching under his chin. And in order to do that, he has to stand on three legs as all animals do. And then they bring their hind leg up under their chin to scratch it very precariously. That's exactly how I scratch my chin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> All right. I get it. Uh, you're precarious then, too, when you do it. Absolutely. Obviously. And I thought, you know, I wonder if there's a, anything out there that I could maybe develop where it's got to be an easier way for a horse to scratch under his chin. So I have Dutch doors on my stalls, and I 
fashioned a prototype, so to speak, and put it over the Dutch doors, came back in about three days and found hair in it. And that's when I had my, what we call our aha moment. But I thought, you know, maybe I have something here. So um, long story short, I, I contacted a designer in Oklahoma who's been designing toys for 30 years. And I called him. I said, you know what? I'd like to have you draw me a design. And this is what I want. I said, I want it to be able to bend over corners. I want it to have a lot of points on it. And I want it to interlock. And that's what I'd like to have. Can you design it? He said, you know what? I know exactly what you want. And he said, there's nothing out there like it. And I have 17 horses. So... That was the beginning. He designed my logo, and he designed the pad, and um, my first manufacturing run and last was in China, and it was a very interesting journey. It's one that I did, and I will never, never do it again. While it's it might be right for a lot of companies and, and people, but it's not right for me. Right. <laughs> a lot of problems. Lots of problems. So this has blossomed, and I, I thought, you know, it probably can be used by other animals, but I wasn't sure. But my gosh, I have so many animals using it. I have barnyard and domestic and zoo animals. Uh, I would say the most interesting zoo animal I have using it is a rhinoceros. Believe it or not, uh, their skin on their face is very, very soft. Oh, And there's one at a zoo in Scotland, and the zookeeper happened to get a couple pictures for me uh, of the rhinoceros using my product. Um, but it does have four interlocking sides, so you actually design your own grid to accommodate your animal's needs. It's kind of like putting a puzzle together. Yeah, you know, that's what so I was just thinking. It's, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like a, yeah, it's like a puzzle. And um, like a I like it's a very very thick uh, rubber. It looks very very rugged. And then this indentation on the back side allows it to go around the corner, so that one piece can continue around the corner. I imagine once you get this set up, it's gonna look it's gonna look very finished. This is not gonna look like some ad hoc thing that you just stuck on the side of your door or barn. Um, uh, the way they 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 fit together, you can actually you can make designs if you wanted. So it could be kind of a nice um, a nice look. But I would imagine it's uh, uh, this thing holds up forever. This is a very rugged piece of equipment here. Some people have told me that their animals have been using it for six years. Wow, okay. And, uh, yeah, and, and also what's good to know is it, each of those pads has 212 points on it, which can touch key acupressure areas on the animal, whatever animal is using it. So it's very soothing. Uh, very stimulating to them at the same time, and you don't have to cut it to fit because of its size. You can you can leave a little bit of space between them if you want. You don't have to interlock them, but um, I encourage people to go to my website and look at some of the videos. And I've got a lot on YouTube as well. You know, there's a picture. Is that a meerkat or a? Uh, um, it's some sort of monkey. A ring tail, a lemur. A lemur. <laughs> it's a lemur. There's a uh, lemur yeah, using that it. Lemurs in the New England Zoo. Uh, lemurs, I've got uh, mountain lions, uh, camel, rhinoceros. When I first started, I was contacted by the National Aquarium, and they wanted one of the, uh, one of what was, I didn't have at this anymore at this time was more, almost a clear one. And what they did is they threw it in the tank with the octopus. Oh, 
So uh, I have buffalo using, and they literally stand in line coming in from the pasture to use it. So I've got bovines. Pigs go gaga over my product. They just love it. So next to equines, I would say that pigs are the poor signs. <laughs> love it the most. And goats, um, you just go on and on and on. And there's so many out there that are just waiting for this that I haven't gotten pictures of yet. But I have an emu using it. Um, it's just <laughs> a menagerie. Maybe so maybe this is the, the first universal universal stimulation uh, item. Everyone has an, every animal has a, an itch oh, yeah. that needs to be scratched, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they love to scratch. <laughs> they really love to scratch. This, uh, yeah. This... Incidentally, we're uh, kind of in the, currently in the process of, of exploring uh, the use of these pads, and believe it or not, in the classrooms of special needs children, uh, we're kind of in the process of introducing it now, and it's a whole new avenue, a whole new path for the scratch and all pads. So that should be very, very interesting. That That is interesting. Huh. Now, uh, so you have the pads, and then you have this wand. Um, yes. And, uh, That's my newest one. And next next month I'll be celebrating one year that it's been available. And it's called Scratch Me Silly. Scratch Me Silly. And, <laughs> uh-huh. I love it. And, um, well, being in the manufacturing and, and retail business, I was told by several people several different times that you really need to have a second product other than just a scratch and all. I thought, what am I going to do? I Why do I need a second product? So, uh, pondering all of this, I'm out there and I had my horse in cross ties and I'm there scratching his belly with my fingernails and fingers with my arms half falling off and he's there shaking his head up and down, his lip is going up and, and over. If If you, either of you, have ever had the experience of scratching a horse's belly, they they really make funny faces and they shake and they do all kinds of crazy things. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I wonder if there's a belly scratcher out there for horses. And I researched that on Google and I found nothing. And I thought, well, all right, now I have an idea. So what am I going to call it? And I, I agonized over this. And some of you listeners may believe in this. Some of you may not. But I'm out there scratching my horse's belly again about three weeks later. And I talked to him and I said, you look so silly. And he said, Mom, scratch me silly. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I thought, well, you know, there was a Tickle Me Elmo, so why shouldn't there be a Scratch Me Silly? So scratch Me that's Silly. That's how it originated, as a belly scratcher. Well, you know, now, um, sometimes sometimes uh, people have issues with uh, proximity. What do you call that when people stand too close to you? Yeah. I can scratch Jamie from across the yes, table. I'm getting a good scratch tonight. This is as close as I want to get to Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I can uh, I can reach him with, uh, with the Scratch Me Silly. So. That's- I don't know if there's a, there's a you know for podcasting this is a very wide table and I it can is. still read <laughs> reach you. It's Jamie. thirty two inches long. Yeah. It's thirty two inches long. If that helps you, yeah. there you go. <laughs> and because it's so long, um, there are certain benefits that have really evolved from just being a belly scratcher. And because it's a belly scratcher, a woman actually came up to me and told me of her of her instance that she had her horse had colic. Oh, now it was an impaction type colic. And so, and I actually cleared this with my vet. 
And uh, because it's a belly scratcher, if a horse should develop an impaction-type colic where there's constipation or diarrhea or something like that, you need to get motility going in the gut area. Oh. And so people can use this as a first aid tool after they call the vet to scratch the belly with vigor, great vigor, all over the belly, up and under, front and back, all around, until the motility um, is restored. And it, it's, a stim- it's a gut stimulator is what it is. And so because of its size, it can be used for that too. And another really unique thing is because of its length, we've got 32 inches. Um, I talked to people and I said, you know, I don't know if you, you men, look, there is a smaller end and a larger end. Did you notice that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, the smaller end is basically for like pigs and goats and many horses to get between their front legs. And, and you don't have to bend over to do it. You don't have to bend over. Um, but if your horse or a large animal might have a sore belly, and you've got to medicate the, the area. It's something you don't want to do to put your head down and look underneath a horse mm. with a sore belly. Uh, so I tell people, you just cover the end of the small, uh, the small end, I should say, of the tool and uh, fasten it with a rubber band. And then on top of your cover, and I use a rag, just put the medicine and then you can stay, you've got 32 inches for the tool to touch the horse plus you've got your arm's length. So you've got maybe four or five feet, so you're in a very safe area when you're applying the medication to the belly. It's a very safe, you're in the safe zone, I should say. Um, But like I say, it's for people who can't bend over so easily. Um, What's really neat about it, and I'm proud of this, it is, it's it's used in therapeutic horsemanship facilities Hmm. uh, for special needs individuals and the PTSD veterans uh, to help those people to connect with the horse and build confidence and courage and, and promote independence. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited about that, and, and these facilities are growing all across the country. Cynthia, what so did you do? Avo- I'm sorry, uh, go ahead. Cynthia, what did you do before you, you started this business? Oh, how much time do you have? <laughs> well, the reason why I'm asking is because you're a natural salesperson, and I think you're destined to do this. I'm destined to help animals. I think my heart is with animals. It really is. I, I just love all I'm, I'm – I'm a vegetarian too, but I truly, truly love animals, and it's their world too, you know, but I can bring joy to them and happiness to them and satisfaction and enrichment. Um, I just tell it like it is. I believe in my product. It's a great product, and it's durable, and it's all made in the United States of America. So what more could you ask for? That's right, and it's uh, scratchandall.com. That's scratch, the letter N, all, scratchandall.com. Where else uh, besides your website can people find uh, the Scratch and All products? Well, on my website is a good place. I um, I just came away from a sale that we had here in the Harrisburg area. They had a... Um, a draft and a Morgan horse sale. I was there for the last two days, but I do go to two trade shows. The largest one I go to is the Equine Affair in Massachusetts in November. We've got one coming up here in the Harrisburg area the end of uh, February, which is the Horse World Expo. Um, And so those are the two places you can find me. But anyone with any interest, please give me a call and we can talk about 
where I'm going or maybe something or someplace they're going and they want to take it with them. I have had people uh, sell this at trade shows in California for me. Hmm. So, uh, but you know what a good thing is, is to join my, my mailing list and it's private. I don't share it with anyone. And that way they know what I'm doing, what the sales are, the specials coming out, and, and any information that is new and I think would be of value to them. Hey, Cynthia, I'm, I'm noticing on your, on your website um, there's a lot of applications where um, fo- folks are using it in the, um, you know, on the corners, outside corners of their barns and sheds. It seems to me this could be a, a chewing deterrent for you know, goats and things like that. Um, on uh, on those edges that are susceptible to being uh, you know to being uh, chewed on or, or damaged by by certain animals, is it? Have you noticed that? Has anybody uh, uh, talked to you about that or reported that maybe it's helping with that? You mean, are you asking me, do the animals chew on it, or is it the, it's deterring them from chewing bad places? Well, yeah, I'm me? wondering if it's if yeah. it's deterring uh, you know goats and various animals from chewing on the on the wooden corners of of their uh, enclosures. Well, that's what you you know they can ruin a building yeah. by chewing. So you want to put it where they scratch now and where they might be just kind of hanging out. Yeah, people have a run-in shed is a great place over corners. Uh, if you've got a stall-bound horse or a, a stall-bound animal. You want always mount them at shoulder height. The shoulder height of any animal is where you want to put it. But you, it's it's so um, calming for them, and it gives them something to do. Especially a stall-bound animal, it gives them something to do, and it's fun for them. It's it, it basically mimics uh, scratching each other as horses do. You know, they stimulate each other, and I call it sparring and things of that nature but yeah they groom each other it's it, it's um it's a natural habit for animals they groom each other so when a horse is alone he has nobody else to do it so this is a way that he can replace that friend that's not there you know um when i was a kid i worked at a kennel and it's a very odd place we had a bunch of uh, exotic animals we had a fallow deer wow. and uh when it's when its antlers were in velvet it was very friendly, and you could approach it. But once the velvet was off, you know, as you know, he, he, it was very serious. <laughs> but um, right. he was always scratching, always wanted to rub his antlers on something. So um, I don't know how many fallow deer are out there in enclosures, but that could be a, that could be a market for you as well. You know what? It's funny you say that. I have woods on my property, mm. and I put a salt lick out every year, and I'm buying a trail cam. Because I'm going to start take, p- taking pictures of the animals that come up at the salt lick at nighttime. So I will probably have deer, raccoons, foxes, um, and you name it. But yeah, uh, yes, deer would like it. And I do oh, have yeah. a longhorn steer, and he, and he scratches right, right, right where his horn is connected to his head. Yeah. There's a longhorn steer on there. So Cynthia, you have a you have a master plan for your, for your marketing. What's uh, what's your master plan? Where do you want to go with this? Well, if Rachel Ray is listening, I'd love to be on her program <laughs> or Ellen DeGeneres of uh, having a program just for senior entrepreneurs and find out what they've been doing in their lives. And I think people would find it interesting because just because we're old doesn't mean we're useless. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a <laughs> really good idea. Think. That's a great idea. 
Yeah, I'd love to get on, you know, Fox and Friends in the morning, or uh, yeah, I'll go for it, whatever, national TV, some type of a talk show, and it's, it would be very different. And I, as a viewer, I think I would find it interesting to see what other senior entrepreneurs are doing with themselves. So, yes, I'd love to do that. Yeah, and with the baby boomers uh, getting to that age, um, it could be, uh, you may be on to something there, uh-huh. Cynthia. I'm sorry, I'm, I missed that. What did you say? I said you may be on to something with your idea for the senior uh, senior entrepreneurs. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. We'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. Well, I'm Cynthia, so pleased that, that uh, you were able to connect with me, and I and I am able to connect with you to share this story. Yeah. So it's scratch and all scratch the letter n all dot com scratch and all dot com, and uh, people can find the products there and, and join your mailing list and and stay in touch. Cynthia, you stay in touch with us as uh, as things move forward. I sure will, and I so much appreciate your time and certainly this opportunity to be on your program. And again, your word, you're right, it's the word scratch, the letter N as in Nancy, A-L-L dot com. Wonderful. Cynthia, you have a good evening. You have a good evening. Thank you so very much, and you have a good evening. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Yeah. There's a natural right there. Oh, my God, yeah. She uh, she would do great on, like, you know, Shark Tank or something. You know... I'm going to buy one of these. I don't even have a horse. <laughs> I'm going to buy one. Just put it on the corner. <laughs> Give yourself a little scratch a scratch Colleen was scratching me with it last night. It was yeah, nice. You know, okay, I was so, like, yeah, this is nice. See honey. how this You bend, can keep that going, yeah. Bends around the corner. I know there's a corner in your house. Oh, yeah. In the hallway or something. Oh, yeah. Where you turn around when you just can't get that itch, you're going to scratch your, your back on it, right? <laughs> yes. Look at this thing. That is perfect. <laughs> perfect. It is. I think we found something for Jamie. Father's Day's coming up. Oh. <laughs> I know a lot of times when you know people send us when we talk about stuff, they send us uh, a sample to to review it because it's nice because it's yeah. it's hard to just looking at pictures of this. You don't quite get how sturdy it is, um, it, so it's nice and it's nice to have it in our hands. A lot of times we like we'll pay it forward when we have an event and we do like events here in the Metro Detroit area and and we we like the things that people have given us. We you know we pay it forward and give yeah. it away to to people that show up to events. And uh, I don't know, I'm uh, I might be keeping the the. Scratch me silly. Scratch yeah. me silly might be might be sticking around. I don't know if that one. I don't know if I'm going to gift that one forward or not. You know, maybe when your lovely wife is angry with you, <laughs> you can still convince her to at, from 32 inches away. Well, That's it. could you scratch me from over there? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's stretching. I don't know. But there was a there was another there was an article that caught my eye, and uh, I got, I get these news blasts in my yeah. email all the time, and there was one um, about bears, and it's like a yeah, Irish boy is like John Kennedy, and I'm like what? And it's uh, a different John Kennedy, it's uh, U.S. Senator John Kennedy, and uh, he's sponsoring a bill right now, and it's the Animal Wellness Foundation, Animal Wellness Action, and uh, U.S. Senators John Kennedy and, and, and Cory Booker introducing legislation to combat global trade in bear parts. And I, I really I wanted to find out more about this. So I was turning to the Animal Wellness Foundation folks, uh, this guy, Marty, uh, the executive director. And Marty said, you know who you got to talk to? You got to talk. To Wayne Pacelli is who you're going to have to talk to, and Wayne is going to tell you all about this legislation. So we're going to call up Wayne right now, and we're going to get him on the phone. Wayne is a two-time New York Times bestseller. He has a book called The Bond and the Humane Economy, and uh, he is going to be our guest right now. 
on Animal Talk. Oh, if only he could have heard that introduction. <laughs> it would have Hello? Been. Wayne. Yes. Hey, hi, it's Jamie from Animal Talk. You're here with Brian. We're on the air. Hey, Brian, how are you? Good. How are you, Wayne? Good. Sammy, how are you doing? Excellent, excellent. So Marty sent out, Marty's sending out email blasts all the time about the amazing stuff that the Animal Wellness Action Group is is, is trying to raise awareness about. And, and today in my mailbox, I get this notification about uh, new legislation being introduced by Senators Kennedy and Booker uh, about global trade in bear parts. And I... I, I one, I did not know that there was a global trade in bear parts, uh, and that's a problem. And and Marty said, "Yeah, you got to talk to Wayne. Wayne's going to tell you all about what's going on uh, with this." And then the other initiatives happening with the uh, Animal Wellness Foundation. So, uh, Wayne, thanks for for being on Animal Talk. And and what uh, what's the crux of the the issue here with bear parts? Well, listen, thanks to both of you for having me on and drawing attention to. Uh, this animal issue and so many other animal issues that that you confront and cover. You know, a lot of people are aware of the trade in ivory, killing elephants for their tusks to feed the global trade in ivory for trinkets and and other products. And then a lot of people are also aware aware of killing of rhinos for their horn. And the horns are taken off and they're typically ground up and they're used in traditional Chinese medicine. Well, bears, the eight species of bears in the world, we have in North America, we have grizzly bears, and we have uh, black bears. There are a couple of subspecies. There's the Florida black bear. There's the Louisiana black bear. And <clears throat> there, are, there are bears in South America and Asia that are quite imperiled. Of course, we know a lot about polar bears and their plight with the warming, really threatening their living environment and the ice flows that they depend on for hunting seals. So... When you kill a bear and want the gallbladder, the gallbladders look the same no matter the species. And these bear gallbladders, kind of like the rhino horn, are often ground up and dried and powdered, and they're used in traditional Chinese medicine. And a single gallbladder might go for a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars, sometimes even more. Wow. And bears are being killed for that purpose. And sometimes Wildlife law enforcement agents come across a bear carcass, and the only thing taken out are just a couple of the internal organs. Of course, bears are threatened by a lot of other factors, some of the habitat-related issues and climate change issues for the polar bears in the Arctic regions. But habitat loss, uh, isolated populations, roadkill, um, other forms of poaching, trophy hunting, these threaten these animals who are slow to reproduce. They typically don't become reproductively capable until several years of age mm. and then might have cubs just one or two every other year. So they're very susceptible to overkilling. So, Wayne, um, uh, with the plight with, with the plight the of bears, um, what... Uh, how how do you how do you tackle this? It it, it, it strikes me that you know you, you make this you can make it as illegal as you want that all that actually sometimes it will have a boomerang effect where it makes it even more of a you know a wanted uh, quantity. So um, what what's what's the tack you take? What's what's the the process for uh, you know awareness is one I get that but but uh, you know with the boots on the ground what exactly do you do to to try to curb it? 
Well, we have an infrastructure in the United States that deals with uh, enforcing our wildlife laws. That's the whole assumption on even limiting hunting seasons, where you have uh, season limits and you have bag limits and you have certain species that are protected. You have certain types of ammunition that aren't permitted or certain weapons that aren't used. Uh, certain methods of hunting, like baiting of, of certain animals, is forbidden use of dogs. So this has been our tradition in the United States and increasingly, you know, by countries throughout the world who have wildlife management programs, is to set up rules. And one of those rules is essentially to say that we're not going to allow the commercial trade in the parts of animals. In the 19th century, uh, people killed animals like buffalo for their hides or for their tongues or other animals for certain body parts or just for cheap meat to to uh, be sold to the cities in our emerging economies in the 19th century. And this resulted in the mass destruction and the annihilation of many species. I mean, we lost uh, the passenger pigeon, the most abundant bird in North America in the span of 30 or 40 years because of commercial killing. Mm. We just about killed off the bison. Only 500 survived after 40 to 60 million. In the early part of the 19th century, we're said to roam the midsection of the country, the Great Plains. So we set up rules to forbid trade in animal parts. And I think that the Bear Protection Act, the the proposal that Animal Wellness Action and Animal Wellness Foundation are backing, that Senators John Kennedy, a Republican of Louisiana, a conservative, and uh, Cory Booker, a Democrat senator from New Jersey, uh, a liberal, have come together because you know, this is unacceptable to lose bear species in North America or any part of the world. And with the global trade in animal parts, every nation must must do its part to stem the trade, just like, you know, so many countries came together to fight the ivory trade or the rhino horn trade. Now there are efforts to stop the killing of sharks for their fins and now bears for their gallbladders. And these are really positive investments and public policy Makers are uh, are taking action. We're really glad about it. So um, uh, you're the former president and CEO of the uh, Humane Society of the United States. During your tenure, you're responsible for quite a bit of legislation. Oh, wow. uh, you, that's it's something you got to be proud about. But uh, over those years, uh, can you can you single out one kind of unforced error or big big issue that um, that people just aren't uh, you know, aware of even with the uh, you know the um, uh, the power of uh, an organization like HSUS, you just found it was a perennial issue to get the word out on. Uh, does anything stick out in your mind as something that just you know we could all do something about just to to, to curb maybe one problem? Because sometimes it seems kind of overwhelming all the problems with uh, you know deforestation, animals, climate change, whatever whatever you pick. It seems a little. Uh, 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 daunting. Uh, can you think of something that that, that kind of sticks out as something that is, is you would just bang your head every year and think, why in the world can't we solve this problem? <laughs> well, it's a great question, and I, I think you've you've really hit on it. I, you know, it's it's the wide range of issues. It's like you think of all the wildlife issues. Well, there's the bear parts trade and all these other species killed for their parts, and you know, then there's the habitat loss, and there's the deforestation, and there's the climate change, and then you look at farm animals, the factory farming, and you look at dogs, you look at dog fighting at puppy mills and greyhound racing, and you look at horses, doping of horses for racing, and horse slaughter for human consumption, and uh, horse soaring where they injure the feet of Tennessee walking horses to cause them 
uh, so much pain when they put their feet down that they swing their legs up high and exaggerate their gait in order to to win prizes or the owners and trainers win prizes at horse shows. So, you know, I, I must say this is is the issue that a lot of us who care about animal face it's almost overload. It's compassion fatigue. You know, I'm disappointed that our country still allows the slaughter forces for human consumption. You know, I've been working on this. We've made progress on a number of fronts. You know, we don't have any slaughterhouses operating in the United States, but we're still shipping 70,000 horses, most of them perfectly healthy to Canada and Mexico to be slaughtered for food, where the horses are killed in those neighboring countries in North America, and then they're shipped to Italy or Japan or Belgium. And frankly, this horse soaring issue, I, I was involved in doing uh, authorizing an undercover investigation of a of a barn in Tennessee that had a very famous trainer in the Tennessee walking horse industry, and he was torturing these poor horses. And we haven't been able to get that federal legislation passed, the PAST Act, the Prevent All Soaring Tactics Act, to stop this torture of horses in order to, you know, cause them to exaggerate their gait uh, for these uh, for these shows. So, you know, I think that overall, uh, there's been so much progress shutting down Ringling Brothers and getting SeaWorld to uh, stop the uh, the or- orca shows and not to be breeding more orcas or capturing them in the wild. We've made progress against factory farming, but there's a lot more to be done. There's incredible stuff going on with the emergence of plant-based foods like Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. Lots of progress. California just banned the sale of fur. That'll take effect on January 1st, 2023, the first state in the country to forbid the sale of fur. So, you know, there's a lot of good, but it's a mixed circumstance for animals, and that's why it requires our vigilance, our continuing advocacy and activism. And it's, you know, great that you guys have this show to raise awareness about issues because that's the biggest problem that animals face is a lack of understanding about what's going on. When good people hear about these problems, many of them will act. That's well said. Uh, You know, not to get too political, but uh, recently um, animal cruelty uh, has been made a a federal offense. That's got to feel pretty good, huh? Oh, it's great. You know, I I must say, you know, I I came up with that concept because I'd worked on on, uh, passing state upgrades of anti-cruelty laws, penalty upgrades, make it a felony. And I thought, my God, why don't we have a federal anti-cruelty statute? You know, I've worked on federal anti-dog fighting and anti-cock fighting laws. I thought this was a gap in our framework. And sadly, it took five years. We had uh, one lawmaker from rural Virginia who was in a powerful position, and he blocked the bill in the House, even though we passed it in the Senate several times. But this guy retired in the uh, in the last uh, in his last term um, in in 2018 and in 2019 2020 we didn't have uh, him standing in the way that got passed it was a bipartisan bill and that's I think such an important thing for for your listeners to understand that you know people love animals whether they're Democrats or independents or Republicans that. I hope that animal protection is never a partisan issue because it's a universal value. We should all be opposed to cruelty. We should all be for preserving life and species. And these animals enrich our lives, 
they enrich our economy, uh, they bring so many benefits to human beings, the very least that we can do is be merciful to them. And, you know, fortunately with human ingenuity and innovation, we can shed practices that used to be deemed or judged essential. Uh, now they're just gratuitous uses of animals because we have options and opportunities. And we should seize those opportunities because we are oral agents. We're a species with an incredible brain, incredible ingenuity. We should be able to figure out a way to meet our needs, to live our lives without leaving a trail of, of, uh, of victims, animal victims in our wake. Well, I think uh, you're you're uh, right on target with, uh, you know, it is a bipartisan issue. Everybody loves animals, and no yeah. person with a soul could uh, could could say that some of this stuff is is okay. You know, uh, uh, yeah, not not sending up a a, a bill to make um, uh, animal cruelty a, a felony is just uh, you know blocking something like that. It's unconscionable. Um, Wayne, what can folks do to help the uh, animal wellness action? Um, uh, it's animalwellnessaction.org. Uh, what's, uh, uh, what, what should people know about that? Well, thank you very much for, for mentioning it because like, like any cause, it, it needs people to, to drive it forward, to support it, uh, to be voices for it. So I really do hope that folks go to animalwellnessaction.org, sign up to receive the political animal, which is a regular essay that I, uh, I write about animal issues and uh, join our other action alerts and take action. We're, we're one of the leading policy groups for animal protection. We're trying to pass laws to, to uh, forbid people from being cruel to animals. I also run another organization called the Center for a Humane Economy that focuses on getting corporations to do the right thing. So to me, those are two key levers, getting government to establish legal standards to forbid cruelty and getting businesses to incorporate animal welfare thinking in their operations, which means their supply chains, their research and development programs, and their other activities. That's where so many animals are at risk, uh, owned by businesses or affected by businesses. But like all of us as individuals, businesses can be part of the solution and not part of the problem. And that's what we're doing also at the Center for a Humane Economy, which is centerforhumaneeconomy.org. Awesome. Wayne, thanks so much. you got to keep us posted, you and Marty, when uh, when stuff comes up you want us to, to talk about. Just reach out, and uh, we'll get you back on, and and you keep us, uh, keep us abreast of what's happening uh, with the organization. Well, th- thank you very much for the opportunity today, and thanks for your continuing efforts to raise awareness about, yeah. about animal issues. It makes such a difference. Yeah, cool. Wayne, thanks so much. Take care. All right, bye-bye. All right. Yay. It's weird not having a, a, a call screener and a producer running the calls. It's like, okay, bye. Yeah. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> no, you <That's>... hang up. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we're done, but I think I got to go. <laughs> we, yeah. I love yeah. when that woman said that. A few yeah. ago. <laughs> uh, but that's, uh, that's interesting. It's, uh, there, there, there's so many, there's so many issues. Yeah. Who yeah. knew people? There's a trade in bare gallbladders. Who knew, who knew that? But you no, know, I didn't know that, but I also didn't know about, uh, that we we're shipping out, what do you say? 40,000 horses? What is kooky? Yeah, well, I mean that's crazy. And that, then it's it's watchdog groups like that 
that that raise that awareness because it, it got it goes under yeah. it goes you know everybody's concerned about you know this impeachment. And there's a lot of and, common sense stuff too, like that, uh, like uh, like I said that that uh, making animal cruelty a felony. Mm. Duh. I mean, yeah, that's that's a common sense thing, right? Right. There are certainly things on on either end that you know people can disagree with, but you know, um, shoot, man, a lot of this stuff is is really kind of no brainer, kind of uh, you know. I, and and in this political environment, yeah. to get something like that oh, yeah. uh, pushed through, oh my god, y- you know it's a universal, <laughs> universal value. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, right? yeah. There's a serious us versus them uh, mindset yeah. uh, with a lot of politicians to to get things and not get things done just out of spite. Almost it seems. But uh, we were talking about uh, making it illegal. Uh, cat, and I talked to you. We were going to talk about cats, mm-hmm. and we were talking about uh, the scratch and all, and the uh, the big old scratch me silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes your cats can scratch you silly, and oh yeah, people get their cats to clawed. Well, that might change in New Hampshire because uh, they just uh, sponsored a bill. They just put a bill um, on the floor, and it's it's being discussed prohibiting the declaw of cats. Mm. Uh, New York passed one not too long ago. I do believe it was in New York that passed one. And now there's one up for debate in the state of New Hampshire. And it it's um, – if you're in New Hampshire, talk to your legislator, whatever side you fall on this. But it says no person shall remove clause and then a lot of scientific words uh, unless illness, infection, disease, or injury uh, is caused to the animal because of this. Uh, no person shall remove the clause for cosmetic aesthetic reasons or for re- reasons of convenience of keeping and handling cats. So just because your cat scratches up the couch doesn't mean you can get it declawed. Yeah. So anybody uh, licensed, certified uh, who declaws a cat shall be fined no less than $500. When's the last time you saw a, uh, a Great Dane mm-hmm. or a Doberman with cropped ears? Is that going away? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I can't remember the last uh, Great Dane I saw with uh, with cropped ears. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say because if they're doing this with cats, because there's a lot of like minor cosmetic surgeries that yeah. in the historically have been done to dogs, so that's kind of that practice is kind of waning. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure tail docking is is right behind. Yeah. Uh, I've I've seen uh, a few dogs that traditionally have their their tails docked that you know have intact tails right so um yeah i mean it's uh it's you know people are kind of you know coming to the realization that you know what Eh, it hurts them for what reason you know just so that we think it looks you know yeah especially those you know it's like the cat people and it's like a behavior issue uh i want a cat but i don't want to scratch my couch you know so well Train your cat. <laughs> it can be done. Right. I was able to train, and, and you are the animal trainer. I am not. I am just an idiot. <laughs> I said I'm the one that sits here and says snarky things, <laughs> and I was able to do it. Uh, well, you spend a lot of time with your cat, Jamie. I do. It's I, basically I do. you and your cat. We read books together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we eat. Uh, we eat apples together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you talk to your cat. I talk to my and, cat like uh, a lot. Once in a while, you let it slip that your cat talks back to you. <laughs> he <Jamie>. does. <laughs> he, well, you know, yeah. in my mind. Uh, like Cynthia and her horses when she said, mommy, call it, scratch me silly, right? I like Cynthia. <laughs> I think that's actually a good idea with the uh, senior entrepreneur uh, kind of highlight mm-hmm. or – yeah, is, I think that's very cool. Show people that, uh, you know, just because uh, you have arthritis 
and you don't get around like you used to, doesn't mean you can't uh, start a new thing. That's me in a nutshell right there. Remember Colonel Sanders? He he got going what, when he was 70? Yeah, it was like 65, 68 when he started. Yeah, Yeah. it was nuts. It happens. There's There's a cat here, though, that was glad he still had his claws. This California house cat holds off three coyotes at one time. Stop it. Southern California house cat, bold-hearted standoff with three coyotes caught on security cameras. So it's, it's, this is no. If that cat was riled up enough, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Wednesday night, just recently, his owners were watching a movie and Max was prowling the yard of their Los Angeles Highland Park neighborhood near Pasadena. And through the window, they caught a glimpse of the tail that would look like uh, too big to be the cat. So she went to investigate. All of a sudden, three coyotes surrounding the cat. She tried to shoo the coyotes off, but uh, couldn't. And Max courageously faced them down, even lunging at these animals several times his size. We couldn't believe it. We were shocked, said the owner, Gurren. And uh, so maybe not so shocked because this cat is one crazy cat uh, and we love him. So he was able to scare off the coyotes. Well, a pissed off cat is nothing to trifle with. <laughs> no. You no, know, no. Uh, uh, Jamie, when I was learning how yeah. to groom animals years and years ago when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, the groomer said, yeah, just grab the cat. You know, you're going to have to grab him really good. You yeah, know, yeah. like the, the scruff of his neck uh. and uh, the, the, the skin uh, on his spine. Mm-hmm. Hold him tight. Hold him tight. I'm like, how hard could this be? Yeah, yeah. Ah, how hard it's a, it's could a this cat. be? It's a cat. And she- It's a little thing. Tried to pour a flea dip or something on the cat. Yeah, yeah. The cat turned inside of its skin. <laughs> I was still holding the skin. And the cat turned around, bit me, oh. and scratched the crap out of me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's and like, she said, I thought I told you to hold that, Brian. Yeah, I said, I, I, said, I, I didn't. I still have the skin. <laughs> I still have half I a cat st- here. <laughs> I have the cat, but my goodness. They can. Uh, they are so flexible. Is yeah. that why you wear that patch over one eye now? <laughs> they they can turn, uh, yeah, inside out to, to, yeah, to break free of your grasp. Mm. So, but not all. It's it's you know because dog is man best friend, right? Um, yeah. Cats not so much because there is <laughs> out of the F- SF gate paper here uh, a story out of the Washington Post from uh, Karen Bulliard. Uh, there's compelling evidence that your cat. <laughs> May eat your corpse. <laughs> yeah, I saw that headline. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Isn't it? Oh, left alone, a human corpse will soon fester and decay and be feasted upon by maggots. And depending on your circumstances, possibly your cat. Yeah. <laughs> well, dad won't be using these fingers anymore. <laughs> it's it's a pretty Gross. actually the story is pretty horrific. Uh, it goes into you know cadavers. Um, and and there's a, a place out in, oh, where is it? Colorado, Mesa University uh, Forensic Investigation Research Station. And, and people, when they donate their body to science, and some end up at this Colorado Mesa University, and they, they, they do research for, like, CSI folks. And, and they just leave them out to, to rot, right? <laughs> they have, like, a forest where they leave dead bodies. And, and various... it's, it's known as the body farm. Yeah. At any given time, there's various a few dozen corpses out there. Of decomposition, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and they noticed that uh, some cats were coming and, and feasting on some of the corpses. Good Lord. Uh, and it, it said uh, there were two cats that were coming in. And they and and out of the the several dozen corpses that were out there, forty bodies to choose from. There were forty bodies out there. Uh, the cats came back 
the each selected a different one, but they came back to that that one thirty five nights in a row. The same one. Same one. Chewing on the same. <laughs> and they like, apparently they like arm meat. Arm meat. So oh uh, if God. your cat is snuggling your arm tonight, he might not be snuggling. He might be looking for a snack. Uh, yeah, this story gets <laughs> more and more gruesome. Uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting read. So if you if you like the gruesome, and there's some really great little kitty photos to go with it, <laughs> these evil kitten photos to go with. Cats it. are resourceful. Oh, <laughs> apparently. Not only are they the perfect hunter, but they're a pretty damn good scavenger too. What is it? All right, the declaw cats. What else do we got in here? Um, da, 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 da. Okay, here we go. Uh, got a question for you. Hope we can field this one. Hey, Brian. This comes from uh, Ugg, what a name. Uh, the new sofa, my sofa is a new napkin. Our dog, Violet, is a medium, 25-pound, medium-length hair, mm-hmm. mixed-breed dog, four years old. Violet has taken to using our sofa to wipe her mustache after eating and drinking. It's a new practice, and we have to have the sofa covered because it's stained right about dog face level. Gross. How do I keep Violet from wiping her Pardon me, wiping her face on our sofa. You know what, Jamie? Um, the question, the question, how do I keep my dog from doing this? Um, do you know how I would answer that to solve this? Huh. What would you like your dog to do? Ah. So how would you answer that, Jamie? Not wipe her face on my sofa. But see, that's hard to teach. It's hard to teach don't do something. Okay. But it's easy to teach don't do that thing there. Do it oh. here. Oh. Um, our guest that was on previously, Jamie, yeah, with the scratch and all, right, right. This could be a really good uh, answer. Ooh, you know, I, I'm telling you, Percy, we were scratching him with this yesterday. He was loving it. Yeah, yeah. I would, uh, I would, I would try this because, um, you know, it has that texture to it, mm-hmm. and the dog may be attracted to it right away. No training involved, mm. and just. You know, you can shoo your dog away from the couch and provide an area where he can, uh, he can, um, you know, wipe off or scratch on a corner of a, a room or something, a corner of a, a wall with this product here. Um, but yeah, redirecting them to something more appropriate. Okay, it's not a bad behavior. So it's you only could, bad because it's on the couch. You could train the dog that hey, we're done eating. We go yeah. to. You could almost get like a scratch pad for a cat, almost, yeah. or have some sort of wipe pad for your dog set yeah. up. And it's like, okay, you're done eating. You go here. Um, how would you train him to do that? Would you like have a treat by the scratch post well, or by the wipe post? Or? First of all, they know when he's doing it. He eats and then he goes yeah. and, and, and takes care of that, right? Yeah. So I would uh, – first thing I would do is maybe put him on a leash. Stop keep, serving your dog spaghetti. And, ke- <laughs> and keep him away <laughs> from the couch. Right? Exactly. The greasy bratwurst. <laughs> hey, how would you dial back on the – <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I would uh, I would keep him away from the cat. Simply just keep him away from it, yeah. and then maybe put him on a you know a, a leash. You know that's uh, uh, you you keep him in the proximity of this thing that he can scratch on, mm-hmm. and then when he goes to it, give him a treat. Even if he s- just sniffs it, mm-hmm. where you want him to go, just uh, give him a treat for that. Um, and uh, I think you'll see he'll get interested because this is something that's it's, it's almost an instinctive thing. Yeah, that's why this works so well. Oh yeah, because all animals will scratch oh. their chin or scratch this or that, and um, you know anything with nubs on it, right? Even an old hairbrush that you fasten to a <laughs> fasten to a uh, uh, I don't know the side of a cabinet or something. <laughs> is that why he sits in my lap all the time? Yeah, you put okay. nubs on something. <laughs> hey, you using uh. that nub? 
<laughs> oh, mercy sakes. All right. Uh, <laughs> Who's bad? Uh-oh. About that time. It's time for the Bad Animal Joke of the Week. Oh, it's time. And we've had such a great show. I, 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 almost, I almost hate to sully it with these, but I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. Like that ever stopped you. <laughs> what do you call a bear with extreme mood swings? Uh, I don't know. What do you call a bear with extreme mood swings? A bipolar bear. <laughs> Is that a little... That's a little politically incorrect. That's a little culturally insensitive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. There's nothing right about that one. <laughs> I hope when I... I hope when I inevitably choke to death on gummy bears, people just say he was killed by bears and leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's what. Uh, Chuck Norris has a bearskin rug in his living room. It's not dead. It's just too afraid to move. (laughs) Man, you need that rim shot. (laughs) I know. Uh, Where else? Um, What animal hibernates while standing on its head? Uh... I don't know. A yoga bear. Yoga. Oh, boy. Standing yeah, on, boo-boo. Its, on its head. It a boo-boo. I'm not on my head for nothing here, buddy. <laughs> it was all for that impression. Right? I, I think so. Uh, uh, good show, though. Oh, my God. Uh, Cynthia was a riot. She was great. The scratch and all. So it's scratch the letter yep. n all dot com scratch and all dot com and then uh, Wayne Paselli it was uh, great to have him on we were pr- appreciate him sharing the news with us yeah it was good so uh, what's what was their uh, the the it's, uh, the animal, animal wellness, wellness action dot org and the other one was center for humane economy center org. for okay so yeah so look those we'll we'll have them linked in in the description for you so. Goodness sakes, this is feel very animal talky, man. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. So uh, thanks for being with us. Like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment. Go to the website, animaltalkradio.com, because there, there's a contact page. Uh, and this is what you need to do right now for me, if you would uh, be absolutely this kind. Head on over to the animaltalkradio.com, go to that contact page, and then say hi. That's it. It's, a, it's an easy task, but uh, and there'll be a, a pleasant surprise when you do. So you'll be a, a surprise. So head on over to the contact page. Say hi. And because, uh, you know, what we like to do every once in a while, we give away T-shirts. Animal Talk T-shirt in the size of our choosing. So <laughs> you never know. You never know what could happen. If you just wander over and say hi, you could end up with uh, some scratch and all stuff. Who knows? Nice. It could happen. So say hi. Uh, like, subscribe. It's uh, Animal Talk Radio on all the socials. And Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, wearingfunny.com t-shirts. They're there as well. So until next time, have an exotic week. And kiss your wild thing for me. (laughs) 